Can we bow down our heads to pray? Father, we came here with expectation in our hearts. Just open that one day as we appear in your presence, our experience will be that of Hannah in Shiloh. That as she goes and goes and goes every year, but that was one year and one day, she knelt and her lips were moving. But not a word proceeded out of her mouth. But the incredible God who can hear the silent cry knew the very core needs of Hannah. Heard her louder than the best voices on the earth. Heard the pain in the heart of Hannah. Responded in the same way. Nine months thereafter, Hannah conceived and bore a child. A child she waited for year after year. So much so she has become a reproach. No one ever believed it will ever happen. Tonight we came like your servant came. Elizabeth came and came and received from you a word that gave birth to a baby that became the forerunner of our Lord Jesus. We came here tonight expecting that tonight will be the very night we have been waiting for. Speak to our heart, our Father. Let your eternal word penetrate into the heartly. Let it bring forth a fruit that will lead to a permanent change in our lives. Spirit of living God, speak through my lips and communicate your truth in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, our Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Hallelujah. Tonight, I have believed the Lord laid in my heart a word for all of us who are here tonight. I'm going to be sharing with us tonight on what I call blessed to bless. Blessed to bless. Blessed to bless. Israel became a lifelong slave in a land that was not their father's. But when the due time of God came to bring his people out of the bondage and to infuse a culture of strength and joy to Israel, he sent his servant Moses in Numbers chapter 6 from verse 24 to 26. Don't forget the situation of these people. They've been in captivity. For 430 years. It was an amazing experience because it was unbelievable that the people with such grace would be in captivity for such a long time. And God, using his servant Moses, made a proclamation in Numbers chapter 6 verse 24. He said, the Lord bless you and keep you. And make his face shine upon you. 
and give you his peace. And the Bible says, and the people repeated over and over again. It was the right message for the right time the park, because the people had lost hope if there was going to be any deliverance for them. How many of us believe that if a situation lasts for 430 years, it has become an impossible situation? 430 years. But the very, the very one that was going to proceed from the mouth of God, tell my people, the Lord bless you. You know what I noticed? When God is about to transform the situation in the life of a man, what he sends is his blessing. Because when the blessing of God lands upon a man's life, you will never remain the same again. It will never happen. The reason for the struggle in our lives is because there is something missing. Immediately, the, the blessing of God lands upon a man's life. His entire life will experience a turnaround. Tonight, I believe that whatever level of equilibrium we've reached as a people, either spiritually or physically, it's a direct result of a divine help and divine blessing. I'll say it again. Whatever level of equilibrium, stability and balance we have reached as a people, it came principally as a result of his blessing and divine help. I'm going to tell us what the scripture says in John chapter 3 verse 27. The scripture says, a man receives nothing. Ever said nothing? A man receives nothing unless it has been given unto him from heaven. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good gift and perfect gift comes down from the father of light in whom there is no variableness. Neither the shadow of turning. So, the blessing of God is a direct result. Or the life of a man, whatever level we've reached, is a direct result of the divine blessing of God. Essentially, what I'm saying tonight is this. How many of us have something tonight? You have something. You don't have everything you need, but you have something. Hallelujah. You know, if you tell me you don't have anything, I know you have a breath in your nosery. Hallelujah. If you've got the breath in your nosery, if that's all you got tonight, I believe that in itself is a proof of God's blessing. I mean, I was no people who are better than us. They're no more here. People who are stronger, richer, better, stronger than we are, they're no more here. But the fact that you have the breath of nosery in you, it's a direct result of the divine blessing of God. I want us to listen tonight. I believe that God wants to speak to us tonight. A giver. I want us to follow me. A giver gives something. Now this is my son. I said, okay, John, can you have this? You know, a giver gives something. You know, gives anything he wants to give. Is that right? But God is far yeah. beyond a giver. I want us... God is far more than a giver. I want us to get that. God 
is not just a giver. Permit me to use this word. It's particularly, I'm not sure it's in the current English. God is a blesser. <laughs> he's not a giver. He's a blesser. He's more than a giver. Why did I say that? It is because for a giver, a giver gives anything he wants to you at the time he wants. But God does not just give. God gives with an intention of an end. I'll say it again. God does just not give. God gives for the purpose of an end. Before God gives anything, God considers the impact of what he's going to give to you before he gives them to you. That is why tonight, some of us are here tonight, and I can tell you, I can bet you, we have been praying certain prayers for year after year, and God never answered. You know why? Because it's, in, it's not his time yet. Because it's not good, not, not for you yet. So God has set back his hand, not because he's unable to do it, but because God has decided that at the time appointed, at the time that will bring the ultimate blessing to you, God will give you what he intends to give to you. Like I said, I believe that God is interested in your end. Is interested in the effect of what it does in our lives. This is why as believers, don't complain. Don't. Because God can see farther than all of us. God can see into the years that you have never tasted before. God knows the things that will be and the things that will not be. How many of us have had faithful friends suddenly one day, one time, an event happened and they disappointed. And they never came back again. But you know what? This is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Through the thick and the thin of life, it never leaves. It never abandons. When people understand you, they don't understand you, it remains the same. Many of us have been a victim of people not understanding what you're doing. I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. You do things, people say, is he out of his mind? But you know what? He knows you're not out of your mind because he's moving you in the path of life according to his divine counsel because it's in your life. Hallelujah. This is why I believe God is a blesser. God blesses, he does not give. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. The Bible says, for I know the thought that I think towards you. It is the thought of peace and all of evil that you may have an expected end. The scripture declares in Galatians chapter, sorry, in Genesis chapter 1. I want us to read that together. There is something I want to let us know from this scripture. I'm going to come back to it. In Genesis chapter 1, in verse 28. Let's see what the scripture says in Genesis 1, 28. Hallelujah to Jesus. Genesis 1, 28. This is what it says. The Bible declares in Genesis 1, 28, it says, And the Lord God, the Lord blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful. And multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the sea, over the bird of the air and over the every living thing that moves upon the earth. So we saw from that scripture that God decided that he was going to bless man. When he made man, the first thing that God did to man was to bless him. So there has to be something about this blessing we need to study. I'm going to come back to it. 
In Genesis 24 verse 1, the scripture declares, And Abraham was old and stricken in years, and the Lord blessed him in all things. Genesis 24 verse 1, And the Lord blessed him in what? In all things. In Job chapter 1 verse 10, I want us to read that together. In fact, I can read from it. It says, As thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had, as thou not made an hedge around him. Now, this was the devil presenting the case of Job before the Father. And you have blessed him. In Isaiah chapter 51, let's read what the scripture says. Isaiah chapter 51. I'm examining what the Bible says about God being a blesser. Isaiah chapter 51, this is what it says. 51 verse 1 says, and 2, it says, Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you will seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were who, and the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Verse 2, look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. This is the Lord speaking. I blessed him. I called him alone. I blessed him. And I increased him. In Job chapter 22 verse 21. I love this. The Bible says, Acquaint now thyself unto him. And be at peace. For then thereby good shall come unto thee. I love the word good shall come unto thee. Because if you study it, it says good things will come unto you. Uh, for those of us who are men, it says good women before you were married will come unto you. Uh, for, the, for the other side, it says good men will come unto you. Good will come unto you. Delight thy servant. Acquaint yourself with him. And good will come unto you. So God is the giver of good. God is the giver of the best. Now the question tonight is this. Why does God bless? Hallelujah. Why does God bless? I believe one of the reasons why God bless is because God is a good God. Ever say God is a good God? There is no circumstance in life. How many of us have noticed that one of the things that destroys and kill our joy as believers is when we begin to think and consider circumstances of life? I've seen three things that are very dangerous to our joy. One of them is circumstance. How many of us have noticed that circumstance as a way of determining how your continents look like? This is the truth. But you know what? There is no circumstance that is as strong, that is sufficient enough to destroy what he has promised. What he has promised surpasses all circumstances. And we need to live in the reality of what he has promised and not circumstance. How many of us have also noticed that people can be dangerous? Particularly for many of us who are doing ministry, we're, we're, we're doing something that's affected the kingdom. People can be dangerous. One of the things we need to quickly put our minds on is the fact that God has called and given us an assignment and we will accomplish it. For all of us who are here tonight, God has given you a home that will be done, that will be, things will be done according to his divine counsel in our homes. And so these are some of the realities we need to understand alive as a way of presenting something that is not of God's will. So I believe that the Bible says that God is good. In Psalm 119 verse 68, the Bible said, Thou art good and doeth good. Teach me thy statute, O Lord. I love David. 
David studied God and said, you know one thing I found out about you is that you're a good God. And because I know that you're good and you do good, teach me why you do that and how you do that. I think David wanted to be good. I think David wanted to do good. And you will observe from the life of Dama, he's one of the men that I respect so much in the scriptures. You know why? Many of us today that are seated, I know the kind of prayers we pray when we feel that our enemy is running after us. You know what I mean? There's an enemy that is pursuing my life. Oh God, I want to rim brimstone and fire upon my enemy and kill them now. That's true. But the fact is, David didn't do that. David saw, David saw Saul laying down, vulnerable. It was an opportunity for David to revenge. David looked at him, and, this, and one of the servants said, ah, God has given your enemy to you today. We must kill him now. David said, no. no. To man, that's the way to go. But to God, now, Now, shall I lift my hands and touch the anointed of God? Now, I went out. What a man. What a man. I mean, first remember David when they were coming from the battle? And some of the men, war, men of war were tired of fighting. And they could not continue to fight against the Amalekites. They, they, they stayed back. And they went after war, the war and they conquered the Amalekites and returned with spoil. While they were coming back, some of the soldiers that fought in the war saw those who were tired and couldn't go to and said, <laughs> you stayed here, we won the battle, we have the spoil, we're going with it. They said, uh-uh. The same lot to him who went to the war is the one who stayed here. It must be the mind of God. So I believe that this is one of the reasons David said, teach me, oh God, I started. Because I know that you are good. And the goodness of God is not on the basis of what you do. It's on the basis of his love. Hallelujah to Jesus. God loves us anyway. Psalm 73 verse 1, the Bible says, truly God is good to Israel. Even to such as of a clean heart, God is good to Israel. In Matthew chapter 19, we read it tonight in, Luke, in Mark chapter 10, verse 18. One man came to Jesus and said, oh, good master. Jesus said, no, there is no one good but my father who is in heaven. Don't call me good. There is one that is good. So God is good. Acts of the Apostles chapter 10, verse 30. I want to listen to me. The Bible says, <laughs> we know the scripture, but I'm going to quote it again and again to us. The Bible says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Who went about with the Holy Ghost and with power? Who went about doing good? I'm going to stop there. Why do we understand that this scripture is very critical? The Bible tells us that Jesus came out of here, Nazareth, doing good. But have you forgotten the name Nazareth? That nothing good can come out of Nazareth. But out of the same Nazareth came a man who was doing good. Hallelujah to Jesus. Where there was no good, a man came out of Nazareth and was doing good. It's only God who can do that. Good. Number two. I believe that God blessed to replace what the enemy had stolen. God will bless his people to replace everything that the enemy has stolen. I don't know how many of us are here tonight and you're perceiving your heart that the enemy encroached, maybe out of our carelessness. You know, believers, sometimes we open the door for the enemy to take advantage of us. Maybe out of our carelessness. Maybe something happened. Maybe we did our inaction. Maybe we watched the enemy doing things in our life and we never bothered to take charge. And the enemy took advantage of us. Tonight, God will replace everything that the enemy had stolen in your life. In the name of Jesus. Why do I say that the scripture tells us, 
In John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible said, The thief cometh not. I, that scripture is terrible. It says, The thief doesn't just come to your house. They look for something before they come. Well, many of us know what I'm talking about. Before there's an invasion in your house, they must have studied the house. There is something in this house. I love it. I'm going to take it. A brother was telling us yesterday about the, about the Italian job. How they study to steal. And they take years to plan. They want to steal. To kill. And to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come. That you may have life. And that you may have it abundantly. So God is saying, I'm going to give you life in the place of death. The enemy came to kill, but I'm going to give life. He is not going to take your life. I'm going to give you life in replacement for that. Let's listen to this. Second Samuel chapter 24. It's a critical part of the Bible. The Bible tells us one day, David had of the abundance, you know, he, he just got out of himself. You know, many times, even as believers, we, we sometimes stray away. We, we, we just sometimes sleep off. And we lose our connection with God. David, at some point, because of the victories that he had, because of the opportunities that God has given to him, got over himself and began to think in himself, I'm such a great king. I'm going to number the people under me. And I'm going to know how many people are under this, under this uh, region. And God warned him. Joab said, but why do you want to do this? Why do you want to count the people? David went ahead and said, you know what? I am the boss. Count the people. That's all I want to know. You know, sometimes it's dangerous to be a boss and nobody can challenge your authority. You are the principalities and power over there. You determine everything that happens. Hallelujah. <laughs> he was the boss. They went ahead and counted the people. And that day God said, ah, today I'm going to show you who truly is the boss. You think you're the boss? We will see. But you see, and then he sent a prophet to him and said, David, Choose. How many of us have read those three options that God gave to David? <laughs> Maybe I should bring famine or fall into the hands of your enemy. Those three options are dangerous options. I don't know which one to take. David just thought in me and said, okay, some of these ones are the hand of the enemy. I don't want the enemy to attack me. I would rather fall into the hand of God because I know he's a merciful God. Even when he's killing me, he's going to provide some bomb for me to kill it. He knew God. That's enough. And said, God, you do whatever you want to do. I know I can't help this. And he prayed for mercy. That day, about 70,000 of the soldiers in Israel died. But while the plague was on, the Bible says David raised an altar to the Lord. He wanted to appease God just to stop the hand of evil. And he went into the, into the property of Arauna. And Arauna said, ah, King, I'm going to give you to David. Said, no, don't give me anything. I've gone beyond my boundary. Now I'm going to buy everything. I'm going to raise an altar here to God. But you know what is interesting was that David raised an altar that day. If you read 2 Chronicles chapter 3, the temple of Solomon was built on that land where there was destruction. What a God we serve. That God, even though people have died, God made the place his own place of presence. He restored life. He restored his presence. In the same place where thousands of people died, that's the God we serve. He can replace what has been destroyed. Whatever has been stolen, the confidence of the world has been taken. And God said, that same place is where the temple will be built. I will build my temple on that place. What a God we serve. He replaces what has been stolen. Job chapter 42 verse 10. The Bible says, as Job prayed for his friends, God restored, gave twice back to Job everything that he had lost. What a God we serve. Hallelujah. 
God bless to replace what has been stolen. Number three, God will bless that no one, because no one can live without a blessing. I hope we understand that tonight. No one can live without a blessing. You can't survive without a blessing. The reason I mentioned to us a few minutes ago, the reason why you are still breathing is because of God's blessing. A lot of people are cocky and they don't want to know the mind of God. It is not a problem. The fact that you exist and you can talk shows and demonstrates the place of the divine blessing of God. So God usually bless because no one can survive without it. I remember 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, we were studying this. Paul said, I planted. He was talking to a church that wasn't mature. They were hugging who was the best. Paul, a short man, bald-headed, couldn't speak too much, but great writer. And they look at a young man, Apollo, good-looking, with fantastic suit. He communicated so well. And they said, ah, I think I'm going to like Apollo. The other group said, no, Paul is an old man. We are old. We're going to like old ones. And Paul looked at them and said, you foolish people. What do you think you're doing? I planted Apollo waters. It is God who gave the increase. So the increase does not come from any of us. So why are you choosing who to go to? It's God who gives the increase. Why are we fighting over? You know what's interesting? We still fight over the same thing today in the today's church. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We still fight over the same thing. Who is Paul? Who is of Apollo? Who has the best word? Who is preaching the right thing? And God said, I'm the giver of blessing. Hallelujah. Number four. I believe that God will bless people because of proper conduct. Don't let us underrate the, the pile of obedience. Obedience is critical to God's blessing. Obedience is what? Critical to God releasing blessing over his people. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 9, the Bible says, So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. The word faithful Abraham means a man who is dependable. And if you read the story of Abraham, one major mark in the life of Abraham was obedience to God. It was obedience to God. He obeyed God to the letters, even when he did not know where he was going next. Get out of your country and out of your family. How many of us can get out of your country and out of our family without knowing where you're going? Your wife is one that will say, Honey, you know, I understand that God speaks to you. You know, I believe you. But this issue needs to be reconsidered. We need to sit down and, re and reconsider and rethink. <laughs> Let's check the place and <laughs> go there, check the place. If you're sure, then we can move together. That's true. But Abraham left not knowing the Bible where he was going. What a, what a man. Obedience. Obedience. Only God knows how far we will have gone if we have obeyed every detail of the things that God has spoken to us about. I'm telling you the truth tonight. Obedience. And remember Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's listen to this incredible scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord will set thee above all nations of the earth. And he went further. And these blessings shall come upon thee 
and overtake thee. But three things were said in first verse. Hearing. In other words, the first level of obedience by hearing what he says. Romans 10, 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we must hear. As believers, we must condition our lives every week that there is something that is going into your spirit. Many of us have our cars and we have radios, all sorts of things, Wi-Fi in a car. But try and create an opportunity for the word of God to penetrate into your spirit. However much we're going to buy our MP3, whatever you have to buy, buy it and let your spirit be loaded with the truth of God's word. I mean, the CDs are very easy to find everywhere now. You can buy MP3 of the entire Bible and be listening to it. He does your hear, King. And it says to observe. In other words, to read. To observe is look at him. Look and read. And it says to do. Become a doer. Hacked on what you have heard. Hacked on what you have read. And become a participator with God. Obedience. Number five. God will bless his people because of his covenant and because of his promises. I believe that God believes in the promise that he has given and that his promise will not fail. The Bible said the promise of God are yea and amen. They will not fail. Whatever he has said will come to pass. He will bring them to manifestation. So we need to understand the dimension of how God's blessing rests on his people. God is a God of blessing. He spoke unto, unto David, Psalm 89. He said, my covenant will I not break. Neither will I utter the words that have proceeded out of my mouth. My word is my bound. I will abide by my word. The Bible says, as the rain cometh down. And the snow from heaven. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And shall prosper in that which I have sent it. So shall my word be. My word. The promises of God. Hallelujah. Number six. God will bless because he loves us. And because he cares for us. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7, verse 7. Casting all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. It's very difficult to believe that God cares for us. Particularly when things are tough. But you know what? If he cares for the lilies of the valley, he cares for the lilies. They do not sow, they do not spin. And it's true. How many of us have noticed you've never seen anybody in the farm working, trying to sow? They don't sow. Yet they eat, they survive. They live long. How do they do it? And some of us are here tonight. God is sustaining you not by the job that you're doing, but God is because when you put your calculation together, what goes in and what goes out is not, does not balance most of the month. Is that not true? I am a testimony to that, that as I put my brain down with my mathematics and I'm trying to calculate on the left and the right, it doesn't gel. So there has to be a supernatural supply somewhere bringing a release into my life. So God supplies the need of his people. Hallelujah. Number seven is my concentration. That's where we're going to stop tonight. Blessed to bless. One of the reasons why God bless is that God has blessed and is blessing so that we can become a blessing. The blessing of God is not an end on, it, I mean on itself. The blessing of God is a means to an end. Whatever God gives to you is a seed. God has privileged all of us. Every blessing we receive from God is a seed from him. 
God has not blessed you that you can become a reservoir and receiving the blessing of God without giving it out. It's against his purpose. It's against his nature. It's against his promises. It's against his counsel. God usually bless in order for us to be a blessing. I'm going to take us through the scriptures tonight and we're going to look at some of the fundamental issues that are very critical. Tonight we study from Mark chapter 10. Jesus was looking at this man and Jesus saw him and said, hey brother, how are you doing? He said, oh Jesus, you're a good man. He said, no, don't let us go in that direction. Jesus said, what are you doing? He said, uh, well, I've been trying to please God all my life. Jesus said, I know. You don't do this. You don't do that. You don't do this. You don't. Jesus said, I acknowledge that. But there's something you lack. Hallelujah. You lack one thing. That scripture, each time I go back there, I want to stop and read. The first question I have is this. Is Jesus against riches? No. If you read closely, Jesus is not against the man being rich. If God is against being rich, why did he say he's going to bless his people? So God is not against people being rich. But God, Jesus was saying to him, there is something that you lack. He said, go, sell all that you have. Ah, sell? He said, yes, and give. Everyone said, give. Give. He says, and then come back and take your procross and follow me. Ah, the man had a great, great sigh. I said, ah, okay. The Bible said he became sorrowful. You know what Jesus was saying was very simple. He says, look, you've been acquiring and acquiring and acquiring. Can you just open up yourself and become a blessing? Because the truth about the matter, Jesus did not say that to him because Jesus just wanted to take the possession away. No. Jesus knew one of the greatest ways to sustain your wealth is to open it up. The principle of the spirit for increase is giving. The principle for expanding is opening up yourself. Because if we don't, we will stagnate the blessing of God in our lives. And let me quickly say that when I say blessing, just don't think about money now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because if it is money, many of us don't have so much to give out. But God is going to take us there. Well, we have more than enough to give out. You know why? We already know the purpose for giving us the money. But God is saying, whatever I give to you, become a conduct pipe. Become a flow. Become a place, a channel through which I can extend my blessing to others. And tonight, I'm going to take us through a few, and we're going to survey scriptures a little bit. And then we're going to close. Now, after this, I was reading 1 Chronicles chapter 4. It's a wonderful scripture. Many of us have our King James Bible here. Do we have it? I only want King James Bible now. Yes, New King James is great. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. What does it say? The Bible says about Jabez. First Chronicles chapter 4. Great scripture. Great scripture. First Chronicles chapter 4. And I'm going to read the prayer of Jabez, which many of us are particularly familiar with in verse 10. The Bible says, And Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed. I just pray tonight for everyone in this place. Oh, that the Lord will bless you indeed. In the name of Jesus. And enlarge my territory. And that the Lord will enlarge everyone's territory in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus. That your hand will be with me. I just pray for you tonight. That the hand of the Lord will be with you. 
and that you will keep me from evil. I pray for everyone in this, in this place tonight that the Lord will keep you from evil. Evil of the day, evil of the night, the Lord will keep you from all evil. In the name of Jesus. The last prayer, he says, that I may not cause pain. Hallelujah. That I may not what? Cause pain. Please survey this with me. Can you travel with me in my mind? I believe that this man was saying, the word cause means that I will not distribute pain. The prayer of Jabez was tied to the fact that while he was concluding, he said, listen, Lord, bless me, enlarge my territory. Keep me from evil. And let me stop being a pain to everyone that I meet. Let me become a channel of blessing from today. I've never seen it before. That this man had a complete prayer. In fact, one of the major kingdom prayer is that God wants us to think of others before yourself. As you're thinking of yourself, begin to think of others. As you're thinking of yourself, begin to think of others. Become a channel. That's the prayer that Jabez prayed. How much this prayer has been taught in several ways. But Jabez said, Lord, bless me. But I want to become an agent of blessing. Lord, bless me. But I want to become a source of blessing for others. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. The Lord called Abram out of his kindred. And this is what the Bible says about Abraham. Genesis 12. Please join it with me. Genesis chapter 12. The Bible says, and now the Lord. Genesis 12 from verse 1. And now the Lord said unto Abram, Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Incredible. But let's see what is in verse 2. The Bible says here, And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. Hallelujah. The Bible says, the Lord said, I will bless you. So it was a divine prerogative. It was a divine will. It was an appendage by God. I am going to bless you. I will bless you. God was showing us here that, look, you need a blessing, but I am the source of the blessing, and I will give it to you. I will bless you. I like this. And make your name great. In the next sentence, it says, and you shall be a blessing. And you shall be a blessing. Hallelujah. I'm going to do a little bit of study. Just go with me. The word bless, I will bless you, is from the root word Barak. Well, I'm not talking about Obama. I've just said Barak. That's what it says. <laughs> Barak. Barak means to kneel by implication in one way. By one implication is to bless God as an act of adoration. Number two is to bless man as an act of benefit coming out of adoration. That's what Barak means. And the Bible says next, and you shall be a blessing. Being a blessing comes from another root word. There's another Hebrew word that says Barakah. Barakah is a little bit different from Barak. It means become liberal. Become a pool. It means become a present. Become a gift. That's what it means. He said, and you will become a blessing. In other words, you will become a pool. You will become liberal. 
you become a present. You become a gift to your world. Tonight, I believe that the reason why God will continue to bless each of us tonight is because he wants to make us a pool. He wants to make us liberal. He wants to make us a present, a gift to our world. That's what he wants to do. God wants to bless us so that we can become a blessing. And this will happen in people's life if they recognize it. Joseph saw himself being thrown from pit, you know, from, from his father's house into the pit, from pit into the prison, from prison. Now he was about to become a prime minister in a strange land. And his brother came and he saw them and he knew them. Ah, like I just said a few minutes ago, some people stole sold into slavery and you've seen them a few years after. Something inside you say, well, this is my chance. I must deal with them decisively. We, we use all the words we can coin together. I must deal with them decisively. I must show them that what they have done is wrong. There's a time for that. But there's another time when we need to operate by the Spirit of God. When we need to ask God in every situation, Lord, what are you saying? I believe, church, tonight, that before the brothers of Joseph showed up, Joseph had asked God, God, what are you doing with my life? Can you show me why in my father's house must I be the one to be sold into slavery? Do you know, in, among all the men in the scriptures, Joseph was one of the men that God never spoke to directly. He never. You never read it there. God never told him, I'm with you. He told us that he was with him. But he didn't tell him he was with him. God just said he prospered everything he did. People told him, oh, the way we look at you, you look like a blessed man. Everything that you touched prospered. But God didn't speak to him. And in spite of that, he did not have a scripture to read. He remained consistent. And this is what Joseph said. I want us to read together. Genesis. Can we read together Genesis chapter 45? Let's see what Joseph said as we're about to be closing up tonight. Genesis chapter 45, verses 4, verses 7, and verse 8. Verse 4, 7, and 8. Genesis 45, I'm going to read from verse 5. But now do not therefore be grieved and angry with yourself because you sold me here. Do you know what he's saying? He said, don't be angry. that you, The people became angry. No, you are the one who said we should sold him. You know, you said it. But, and Reuben said, but all of you wanted to sell him. I'm the one that said Throw him in a pit. Don't kill him. You could have killed this guy in the first place. There will be no bread for you today. I could imagine Ruben saying, yes, I told you. Yes, I told you. And Joseph said, no, you, you're getting it wrong. Joseph said in verse 5, he said, for God sent me before you to preserve a life. Ah, what a man. What a man. He, I just believe that the Lord will infuse us with his grace tonight. That you can look at situation and say, look, there is more than this. There is more than my need. There is more than my suffering. There is something that God is doing in this situation. I am a seed for the entire family. He said, God has sent me ahead to preserve a family, a life. What did he say in verse 7? These sentences were mentioned over and over again. Verse 7, let's read it. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. How dare you, Joseph, you said that. The people wanted to kill you. You said God wanted you to save. Save the people who wanted to kill you. He said, I knew the mind of God. I'm a seed. He sent me to preserve posterity. Verse 8. So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. What a great man this man was. It was not you. Don't even think about it. 
It was in you. You threw me out. You sold me into slavery. I went to the house of Potiphar. The wife wanted to sleep with me. I said, no. It was none of your business. Do you know what God showed Joseph? I believe. Please think with me. Is that God just gave him a vision of when he was 17. I gave him a vision. and gave him a vision when he became a prime minister. In the in-between, God said, forget it. It never happened. I was in charge. Oh, what a God we serve. I was in charge. It never happened. I knew what I was doing. I'm going to bring you right to this throne. And the detail, everyone that God has used. David knew the same thing. He knew that even though he's been anointed king over Israel, he was not going to become a king by forcing himself into the throne. He knew if God promised, he would bring me there. He's not going to bring me back by killing Saul. Saul will kill himself. Hallelujah. Oh, God. We give you praise tonight. Mordecai came to the house of the king one day and sent a servant to Esther. Tell Esther, who knows? Maybe God has placed you here for such a time like this. I'm sure every one of us agrees tonight that Mordecai did not plant Esther in the you know, in the palace, so that when he gets in trouble, he will find somebody to deliver him. No. He didn't have that at the back of the mind, on, on his mind. But God wanted to make Esther a blessing. She was there for a purpose, to become a blessing in the hands of God for the people of Israel. You never know what God has in store for your life. I have this to say to us tonight. You don't know what God has in mind. We need to understand the will of God. One of the ways to keep our trees evergreen, one of the ways to have our lives continually as a spring that continually flows, is to understand that your life is a blessing. You're a blessing. You're not empty. There is something that God has given to you, and God wants to give it to others. I don't know what you possess tonight. Some of us are here tonight. You possess the, the gift of administration. You know how to put things in place. Some of us are here tonight, like a sister, you're just blessed to sing. And some of us must not try it. If we try it, everybody will close their ears because you're not calling that direction. There are people who are blessed with intellectual abilities. How many of us have ever thought of a word without Newton? Have you ever thought of a word, of a word without Abbot Easton? Have you ever thought of that word? Just think in your heart that these men never came and they never gave out what God gave to them. Most of those scientists were believers and they knew the power of spiritual laws. If I give, I increase. There is he that increases, that giveth, and yet increases. God is saying tonight, what has he given to you? I remember a man whom I met a few years ago, a pastor. Not so, you know, it wasn't so charismatic. You know what he had? He had a gift for people. He lost people. Each time you see him, he was only smiling. And there was a lady that was on the point of depression. She was about to die. She wanted to kill herself. But she said, according to her testimony, I'll add her. She said, each time I was passing, this man would be going in the car, would always be smiling. I, she said, I was always thinking inside me, what was so special? Why was this man always smiling? Doesn't he have trouble? The man had trouble. He was giving God gift, what God gave to him. What has God given to you tonight? I don't know what God has given to you tonight. You've got something to give to your word. God has blessed you, and he's going to continue to bless you, that you may become a blessing. One of the reasons why the blessing of God in our lives may stagnate when we stop being a blessing. The blessing is going to stop. God is saying tonight, I want you to open your hearts to me. I want you to give you everything to me. And then I'll, I'll make you a blessing. I'm going to close Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. That's why I'm going to close tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to close there tonight. What does it say? Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ 
who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. What does it mean? Blessed. Blessed. I was a blessed. Be God. Paul was saying, give glory and adoration to you. The word blessed there means elogitus. And it says, who hath blessed us means elogios. Elogios means as you bless him, he blesses you in return. As you bless him, he blesses you in return. As you give out, he gives back to you. God can give back to his people. That's what he's saying tonight. I want to give back to you. I'm blessing you that you may become a blessing. And as we bless, you know what? There is no giver that ever reduces. You continually increase. The hand of a giver is always on top. You're always there. And God is saying, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to increase you. May the Lord bless us. Let's rise up to pray tonight. Hallelujah tonight. Hallelujah to the Lord tonight. That's why we sang there shall be a showers of blessing. This is a promise from God. Hallelujah. It's a promise from God for his people to be blessed. It's a promise from God for God to be blessed. It's something to increase his people. Tonight we're just going to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for your mercy over my life. Thank you for your grace over my life. Bless you for your divine counsel and your will. It does not change. Honor your name tonight because you're a great God. Let's bless him tonight and honor his name. Let's glorify his name tonight and worship him. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we give you praise tonight. We exalt you, Lord, Father. We glorify your name for being there for us. Thank you, Father, because we're casting our cares upon our care upon you, for we know you care for us. We lift up your name tonight. We bless you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. We're going to pray tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to pray tonight. We're going to reclaim the original promise of God for our lives. The original divine blessing we read in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. The Bible says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful. The word fruitful means bear fruit. It means para. Bear fruit. It says multiply. To multiply means increase. Be long. Be many. Be much. Increase. Replenish. Fill it up. Fulfill your divine destiny. It says subdue it and have dominion. Tonight we're going to pray. Lord, I lay hold on your eternal promise tonight. And I decree your blessing over my life, over my family, over everything that I lay my hands upon. The blessing of God that from tonight I shall be fruitful. I don't care what the situation is. I believe the hand of God is going to rest upon you wherever you're standing tonight. And the power for fruitfulness will rest upon us tonight. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. The Bible says multiply. In other words, whatever you think you're doing today, whatever may be the point at which you are, is still an apology to where God wants to take you. Want you to lift the hands and say, Lord, I want to increase and multiply. 
increase and multiply. The Bible says subdue and have dominion. From tonight, I begin to subdue. I begin to bring on the subjection. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We receive by your spirit the spirit of blessing. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We're blessed tonight. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. The Bible says, a faithful man will abound in blessing. Hallelujah. A faithful man will what? Abound with blessing. I want us to pray tonight. I want us to receive grace to be faithful. Hallelujah. I want us to receive grace to be what? To be faithful. To be consistent. To be obedient to God. Because the truth about the matter, the enemy cannot stand the hand of God. When God's hand is upon him and to lift him, no one can stop his hand. I want us to pray tonight, Lord, I receive grace to be faithful that I may abound in the divine blessing of God. Let's just pray that prayer. Father, we receive grace tonight to be faithful. We receive grace to walk in obedience with you. We receive grace to be faithful. And tonight, we ask, oh God, that your hand will come upon us in the name of Jesus. Lord, that we will walk in obedience. We will walk in your counsel. We will walk in your will in the name of Jesus. Lord, make us conscious of the fact that in walking in obedience, which is the secret of continuous blessing. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. And amen. And amen. The last prayer tonight, Lord, make me a blessing. Now, that prayer must be understood. It doesn't matter what you have done. Say to the Lord, make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. I don't care. Many of us are gifted by God. Say, Lord, from today, make me a blessing. Lord, make me a blessing. Lord, the little that I think I have, Lord, make me a blessing. 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 Yes, Father, we just ask you, Lord, that tonight you make us a blessing. Yes, Spirit of the living God, work in our hearts. Many of us, God has given us grace to be kind. Be kind to people. God has given you grace. He's given you little. Sow it into the lives of others. Jesus gave five gifts, gave two gifts, gave one gift. Everyone has the capacity to prosper in all that God has given to them. You can prosper what he has given to you. You may not be a preacher. You may not be able to sing. But you can smile to people. You can encourage men. Be a blessing tonight. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And so, Father, tonight we just want to give thanks to you. It's such a great privilege to come into your presence and to seek your face. If there's any place where we have solace, it's in your word. Your word brings peace to our heart. It's a source of our joy. The Bible says, with joy shall we draw water out of the well of salvation. It's a joy that we have. Lord, we know that your word is settled in heaven. Nothing can stop the hand of your truth. We give you praise tonight. Thank you, Father, because we came here open in our heart to receive from you. Thank you for your living word. Pray tonight, Lord, as we have prayed, as you have given us understanding. Lord, from tonight, give us a heart that walks in obedience. 
Lord, we receive help from above tonight. That wherever we have been unstable before, Lord, we receive the grace to become stable. In the name of Jesus, we receive grace to begin to walk in obedience with you. In the name of Jesus, we receive grace tonight, oh God, that we will become a blessing. Lord, many of us have complained of what we don't have. I about the things that we have. Lord, help us, oh God, to begin to look inward. For there is something in your house. There is something in our house. We've got a smile. We've got grace to, to encourage people. You've given us an opportunity to be warm to people. Lord, help us to explore the things which you have given to us. We'll give you praise tonight. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' precious name.